Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twi- Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you v- say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. This Kids, happy Saturday. Thanks for joining the Sinner and the Saint. Will Darkens with me. You kind of gave up pretty quickly on the swag impression there for your update, but you came back to the end. So I, I could... told you I was gonna do my best swag. You, you, my at update. the very beginning you started with it and you finished with it, but the, the meat of it was Will Darkens. You you gave up on it pretty quickly. Well, because every single time he does his updates when he does the tag out, it's always like very rushed. He's in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, he's got values driven, values driven, and then it just... He's a busy man. He's got things to do. You can't be bothered with, you know, taking the time to say the words in front of him. He can't be bothered to take the time to say the words about somebody who pays us a lot of money to be on the air. Listen, swag is fantastic, and we love him. It's hot. <laughs> Super hot. Guess who's not hot? So after the Blazers won 13 straight... Now they've lost two in a row. Rockets, ah, okay. Good game. Great game. Good game. Really good game. Better than most games. By the way. It's very entertaining. It's a very entertaining basketball game. Players broadcasted that game was hilarious. Oh, Nate Robinson, to me, needs to be at every game. You don't even really need to give him a mic. Just let him scream into the guy next to him's mic because he was like a little kid. He was really nervous when the game started. As it went on, he starts just getting into it, and he's like yelling at the players. Like uh, At one point, uh, Ed Davis did like a step back three. He goes, that's not your game. That's not your game. Yeah, he's like your friend that you watch an NBA game with, and he's having a conversation with you about something, and then something happens. He goes, oh, there he go, Dame. Oh, CJ. Oh, oh. Eat those. <laughs> he did that at one point. I was like, okay, I could get used to I, more I, of him. Uh, we, we talked about this because I filled in for Dusty, who had uh, the bubonic plague on Wednesday. Uh, so I filled in for him on uh, Dusty and Cam, and we were talking about this exact same thing. I don't know that I could do it every game. I don't know that I would want it for a playoff game. But every once in a while, on a Tuesday in the middle of February, March, because they started it. Did they start it in January or February? This is the fourth time they did the players only mm-hmm. game. But yeah, towards the end of the season, just break up the monotony of I it. I think if you did it like you do Bill Walton, 
like Bill Walton will just kind of come in sometimes. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll do the college pro yeah. switch up. Yeah, if you, could, if you could use him in that capacity, I, I think that's enough. Yeah, just well, but that, that's exactly what it is. So anyways, they've been rotating, and I thought everybody did a pretty good job on the broadcast. It was funny because I tuned into the, the Celtics-OKC game, which is very relevant to this conversation because the next opponent for the Blazers is OKC, and the last opponent was the Celtics. So I really wanted to see that game, knowing the stretch of Blazers that coming up. I didn't even realize it was a players-only broadcast until, you know— handful of minutes into it. So when I tuned in, Greg Anthony, I think, was doing the play-by-play. I, Karan Butler was the sideline doing uh, some, like... Sideline reporting. He well, was terrible. I, I oh, thought, I thought he was good. Butler was the worst of the lot. Oh, I thought he was good. Who, what was really funny was, it was the same for me. I didn't know it was a player's broadcast. And then I turned on uh, Inside the NBA... And I only saw Shaq, Isaiah Thomas, that was, and Barry That was Davis. the worst of it. Karan Butler, go, Karan I, Butler the, the, real quick, he didn't remind me of a sideline reporter. He was more doing, like, um, investigative reporting. So he was, he was very, it was, he was like, let me tell you about this. And he was, like, telling stories. I'm like, what is going on right now? Yeah. And then when they went to the, the studio show, Shaq was awful. Dude, I saw it right off the bat, and I go, wait, who's hosting? I go, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Where's the white guy? Usually yeah. there's a white guy that hosts that, and then there's the players. It was bizarre. And but- then Shaq was hosting, and Shaq was just, Shaq was the most just, like, the best compliment you could give was serviceable host. <laughs> well, he just read the cue cards and was like, here's he, the next segment. He did not care. At one point during the halftime show of the Blazers game, uh, I think it was Isaiah Thomas said something about Al Farouk Aminu. Farouk? Is that his name? Farouk? Is that the, the, the guy we're talking about? Is that his name? Wasn't even paying attention to the game. Doesn't even know the guy's name. No. that his name? No. All right, Shaq. Does not do research. All right, Shaq. Just show up, read what we put in front of you, and he doesn't do that necessarily all that well, but uh, it was delightful. But the end of that Boston OKC game, you saw Marcus Morris step up and make a huge three. Ugh. That dude. <laughs> that, that, that team. That, that dude team is, is be full so, of dudes. That dude is going to be so annoying in the playoffs if they actually get Kyrie Irving back, which, by the way, if Kyrie Irving is out, even just maybe like a game of their first playoff series, which if he actually does play in the playoff series, I am pretty damn sure he'll get hurt. You're also missing Jalen Brown. Yes. Of course, you're missing Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's somebody else that they were missing in the game. I think they're missing four contributors to that team. I mean, who's your solid scorer at this point? Al Horford? <laughs> Al Horford. Well, Marcus Morris had 30 last night. Yeah, he's, he's spotty, though. He's well, a spotty sure. I, I, I get that, but but at the same time, you, you watch the way the Celtic team plays, and nobody's afraid to take a shot. And you just, you're, you're going through and you're going, Holy, how, how do they have this much depth? And that's what makes them so scary is that, yeah, like you said, if they can get it. Imagine if they had Gordon Hayward all year. Uh, I don't know, but you I, know what? I've, again, I've, I've, I've heard some theories from other people who go, maybe having not having Gordon Hayward was the best thing you could have done because it allowed uh, Tatum to rotate in more. Sure. And so he's going to be better developed when it comes to year two where you just assume Hayward's going to come back. Yeah, but Gordon and, Hayward's a top 20 player in this league, is, isn't he? I mean, you, is. you put him in there, it's going to make your team better. So again, it's one of those things you kind of have to imagine it. So it's tough. It's a tough loss for the Blazers because right now they still sit two games ahead of OKC. They play them tomorrow night. But it felt like a game you had to have. You have, what, 12-point lead in the third quarter? Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter? Yes. Yeah. Well, it was one of those games where, you know, you have kind of the letdown of losing to the Rockets, which Mm -hmm. is okay. And I kind of went into that game expecting that we would lose. It was a very tight game, and it kind of gave you a little bit of encouragement going into the playoffs that we could really compete with people. But, um, you know, 
when when you look at this second straight loss against a Celtics team, which you've already said, no Gordon Hayward, uh, no Kyrie Irving, no Jalen, no Jalen Brown, and you're at home, and then you're about to go on to another team that lost to this same Celtics team, who, by the way, you know probably should have won if it wasn't for Marcus Morris. You get well, a little bit worried. And well, it's, it's not road. even just that. You're two games ahead of OKC with. Because of the loss, you could have been three games ahead, but now you're two games ahead of both OKC and the New Orleans Pelicans. Those are your next two games on this road trip. So yes. now you have to leave home. It, it's just, a, it's a home game against a depleted team. You kind of you have to win. It. You needed this win. You really needed this win against Boston to at least kind of pick your spirits up a little bit before you go on the road. My well, opinion. It, well, I don't think it's a pick up the spirits thing. I mean, the Blazers aren't guaranteed the three spot. I mean, by any stretch of the imagination, they're not even considered. I mean, right now they're almost a lock for the playoffs, but they're not guaranteed a playoff How spot. How dare you? How dare you say that? I'm just saying the numbers, homie. The I think three, they're going to be They are in. the three spot. I'm not going to listen to anything different. <laughs> and if you say something different, I just won't care. At the end of the season... They are not guaranteed to be in the three spot by virtue of a 13-game win streak in February How many games out are they at the first spot? What, uh, 11? <laughs> 11 or 12? 11 or 12? We can make that up, right? No. No, you can't. How many games we got left? Eight? Ten. Ten? Yeah. Well, hmm. All right, let's pull How up. How can we do that? <laughs> right now, the Blazers have 28 losses. So it's a little tricky when you look at the standings, I think, because you have to really look... There's teams that have played more games. So the Thunder right now have played two more games. The Pelicans have played two more games. So you have to look at the loss column. So right now the Blazers have 28 losses. Thunder have 30. Pelicans have 30. Spurs have 30. Timberwolves have 31. Jazz, this is your eighth spot. They have 32 losses. Nuggets have 33. Clippers have 34. Those are your teams in the running. The Nuggets. So the Blazers in 10 games, if they lose four games... They could be flirting with that line, assuming everybody else wins, which won't happen because everybody's going to play against each other. All right. So, but, five, you, but you need you need every win if you want to hang on to that three spot. So five five three zero oh, five. I want to hear from everybody else. This is what your schedule is heading forward for the rest of the season. OKC, New Orleans, Memphis, Clippers. You Memphis, do get Memphis twice. I you think. get Memphis twice, which are gimmies. Uh, one away, one at home, and then you get. Well, but listen, they may not lose by sixty-one dude, again. Yeah. Holy cow! Come on. To the Hornets. And you let Kimba Walker score forty-six. He only played twenty-eight minutes. Come on. <laughs> and you got the Mavs. You got Houston again. San Antonio, who looks to have just given up at this point. Nuggets. I'm sorry. Who looks to give, have given up? Yeah, the Spurs. The Spurs. I'm sorry. The Spurs are sitting in the sixth spot. Yes. They are currently on a six-game win streak. And Kawhi Leonard is where? Six-game win streak doesn't look like they're giving up. Because I think you said the same thing about OKC, how they weren't going to make the playoffs. And I believe they've won seven out of ten. They still could not make the playoffs. That's very true. But still could not. I'm just, just saying. There's... I can't believe that is so unmanu Ginobili to basically come out this week and go, yeah, he's not coming back. No, no, that's not what he said. That, that's what people said that he said. If you well, listen, yes, that's, and I listen to people. Okay, I don't listen to the players. <laughs> if you listen <laughs> to his actual them. quote, he said, "We have to assume that he's not coming back, which means we need to take the onus on ourselves. We need to look around the guys that are in uniform every night and go, this is what we need to do if we're going to win. And for a team that's given up, they've won six straight, seven out of ten. They're giving up. Okay, come just as long as you own it. If you, you said Popper. it, own it. What? Popovich. Popper. It's Popovich. The Poplar.
Okay, so what was your question to all the people? You started reading off the schedule, but you threw me off by saying the Spurs had given up. Well, my question is, how do you think uh, we're going to hold on to that third spot, at least through all these games? You also have to think about OKC's schedule, right? You and I have had this conversation many, many, many times. And in my opinion, I think OKC has a rougher road at the end of the season. You got yourself going up against us, San Antonio, Denver, New Orleans. Well, but San Antonio has already given up on the season. Here's your last, <laughs> here's your last three or four games. Golden State, Houston, Miami, Memphis, which should be a gimme. Golden State, Houston, not guaranteed wins. Miami, that's a challenge. All and I'm, you're on the road. Well, here, here's what I'm saying. Is all of these teams, by virtue of having eight teams playing for six spots, everybody is going to have a tough schedule in the West coming down the stretch. It's going to be very difficult to hold on to the spots, and you're probably going to see some fluctuation. That's why a game against Boston at home when they're missing four or five contributors to the team, you got to win those games. So now what they've done, by virtue of that loss, is they've made things that much more difficult. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm not saying they won't do it. What I'm saying is they made things a lot more difficult for themselves. That's Speaking all. about surprises in standings, you got to look at the Sixers a little bit, man. They're in the four spot in the East. Yeah. The well, process is working. I know that you love the process, the process but here's what I've done. It's working. It's working. Go to Twitter, at Center Saint 1080. We've put up a poll. The process, I don't know exactly how long. It depends on actually what you read. When the process actually started. I'm going to say five seasons. Five years. Five Take seasons. this year and the last four seasons. If you could trade places with the Sixers, would you? The poll up right now is which team's last five seasons would you take? Your options are Trailblazers, Sixers, Timberwolves, and what was the other one? The Bucks And the Milwaukee Bucks. Which one would you take? Two teams in the West, two teams and in again, the And again, you are the manager. You're the GM. Yeah, you're running, you're running things. Which team has done a better job? So go on to Twitter, vote. We'll get to that and uh, a little bit more about the process when we return. You're listening to The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back. Uh, Will, you put this poll out earlier today. So we're talking about uh, the process. The 76ers have moved up into the four spot. They're one of the most exciting teams in all of the NBA. They have the next LeBron James. Did you know that? They have the next couple of LeBron James, don't they? Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are Joel. both... No, are jo both going to be the best player in basketball. Joel Embiid is the next Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, that's right. Sorry. You got to keep these things in track. Well, my apologies for that. Uh, so, anyways, uh, uh, read the poll question to our fine listeners. Uh, you can also give us your answers at 55305. That's the text line. But uh, keep well, tell us what's going on on Twitter right now. Will. All right. So, we have a poll-up called, Which of these NBA teams would you want to have managed for the past five seasons? We are kind of taking the process as the last five seasons for any of these teams. So, choices are Trailblazers, 76ers, Bucks, Timberwolves. And what are the results so far? What do you think? Uh, well, I think it's, I mean, it's going to have a hometown bias, but I'm yeah. actually curious about the, the other three teams. And I think people are going to go Sixers on that. So I'm sure the Blazers are dominating. But So obviously the Bucks come in at number, uh, 7%, Timberwolves 11%, uh, 76ers 14%, and of course Trailblazers 68%. Yeah, so maybe those findings are a little bit difficult to a figure out. But, but the Blazers are the only team that's been a consistent playoff team. And the reason I threw the Timberwolves in there is they've been one of these teams that has been hyped. You know, they've they got Andrew Wiggins in the trade for Kevin Love. They had Carl Anthony Towns. You saw a team that— Jimmy for, Butler. Well, they added him this year, but for yeah. the, but those pieces have kind of added, and you, you've been excited about them. They get—Thibodeau's uh, going to be the coach, and you're like, 
all right, what's he going to do? Get him playing defense. Then Jimmy Butler comes over. This is the first winning season that the Timberwolves have had in I, I can't remember how many years it was, and I've only looked back at the last five today. And it only but I think took, it was like 13 seasons. And it only took getting rid of Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio. <laughs> is that what it was, is getting rid of guys? It wasn't the pieces they added. They also got rid of dunk champion Zach Levine. Yeah. So, anyway, They made some interesting choices. But I'll say this. Back in high school, I think it was like 07 or 08 is when the whole Ricky Rubio uh, kind of craze happened because you started seeing these videos online of him playing in Europe, and you're like, oh, my God, this guy's next friggin' Steve Nash. Like, he is he is awesome. He's the next white chocolate is what he was. He was more Steve Nash because he couldn't shoot, right? Well, but that was Jason Williams, too. Oh, Jason Williams could shoot. Now, did he shoot well? No, not <laughs> no, really. No, but Steve Nash was a deep – he was a better shooter than he was given credit for, too. But Ricky Rubio literally can't shoot. Like, he's he, – like, like Markel Fultz? Uh, yeah, right. no, but really, though, no. he literally just can't shoot. Like, I think about, like, 15 feet is where he is, and okay. that's it. And then after that, it's like three-point range. No, 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 don't do that. Yeah, well, listen, that's uh, – Ricky Rubio is gone. He's not part of these teams. I just want to give you the last five years real quick. So the Timberwolves, uh, if you go back to the 13-14 season, 40 and 42. After that, they went dropped down to 16 and 66. Jeez. and that's T-Wolves. The T-Wolves. And then then last year, uh, I'm sorry, year before last, 29 and 53. Last year when they were supposed to be a contender, my... They were. Wasn't last year supposed to be one of the years where you're like, all right, this is going to be one of those teams. Am oh, I wrong about this? But that's them like every single year. I know that's the point you're trying to make, but like, isn't that... Uh, like, even when they got Tom Thibodeau and, uh, you know, put all these pieces together, I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work, though. Okay, but the, re- the reason I threw the Timberwolves in there, but they're one of those teams where at least you had hype. Like the, the Sixers are just like, oh, God, here we go again. Oh, trust I the process, trust the process. The Sixers. I believe this, this year. But, I but did. did you any year before that? No, I didn't. Okay. That, that's the, what, that's the what I mean. The difference this year to me was Ben Simmons because I remember watching Ben Simmons at LSU and in Summer League before he got hurt. And I went, holy crap, this guy's really freaking good. Yeah. Ben Simmons is a is a next-level player, one that when LeBron James leaves, you're going to be saying, okay, here's the competition. It's Giannis versus Ben Simmons. Well, and that's why I threw the Bucks in there. At least yeah. the Bucks have been a 500 team. So they were terrible before you saw the emergence of, of Giannis. Yes, and they were terrible when they had Jason Kidd. Obviously, he was well, doing they, something wrong. Well, but they weren't that terrible, though. I mean, in 14-15, in they were a 500 team, 41 and 41. Mm-hmm. Before that, I think they had 19 wins. And then last year was a little, or year before that was a little bit of a disappointment. When Kid came over, they were 33 and 49. They should have beat the Raptors last year in that playoff series. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Last year, they were at least in the playoffs. I mean, I think the Blazers are the best team because at least they've been there every year. I know that before Yusuf came over, it was tank, tank, tank. Let's go and get a big draft pick. That might not be the best idea. I mean, I've mentioned this before. The Sixers missed on a handful of guys before they got... You know, what they have now. Embiid had to sit out almost a full season. You have uh, Simmons who did sit out a full season. You haven't seen Markel Fultz yet. It's just Well, no, we've seen Markel Fultz. It's just, I don't think he knows how to play basketball anymore. He forgot how to play basketball. Okay, you haven't seen the Markel Fultz you drafted. How about that? Yeah, I've seen him in videos shooting left-handed for some reason. Because <laughs> he can't shoot. His, his right arm is broken. If Like... Imagine if he just reemerges as a left-handed player and just never, his right shoulder never recovers for whatever reason. My favorite part about the Sixers was they started really gloating once they got J.J. Redick. Oh, this is it. We've done it. Added a veteran piece that everybody hates. Yeah. It's what we wanted. J.J. Redick. He's the easiest white guy to hate. 
It's pretty in hateable. In the NBA? Oh, there's other white guys. That I mean, there's some really them. easy white guys to hate, but... <laughs> elsewhere, outside of the NBA. Of course, elsewhere, outside the NBA. Hey, let me pose this question to you, because honestly, I think everybody's asking it, right? And 55305, please let us know. I mean, how much better would we be right now with Mello? Oh, jeez, shut up. More. <laughs> Dude, uh, we'd be in the we'd be in the th one spot. Easy one spot. Okay. Easy. So we'll put, put this up on the... We'll do this I over, think it would have been a 25-game winning streak. Let's do this over the break then. So let's take those same four teams and, and repose the question. If you could have one of those teams for the next five years, who would you want? So yeah, we, we the last five years, Blazers would I want over the next five years. Yeah, you, yeah. What roster would you want for the next five years if you can take one of those? So you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jabari Parker, and the the Bucks, and a lot of people are saying that he may be the next LeBron. You're saying the next LeBron and Hakeem are both on the Sixers as currently constituted. You're not not who has the best chance of getting LeBron. But which team do you want? Would you take Minnesota over Portland, or would, are you pretty comfortable with Portland? Oh, I would take the Bucks easy over the next five years. Yeah. So you're going to now assume over the that, Sixers? Yes, of course. Okay, I, I would take it only because now you're assuming that LeBron James is probably. I mean, he's not gone yet, but this is, you know, at that five year mark, he's just about to leave. You'd assume, right? Well, you're, you're saying said? Cleveland? Well, no, I mean the league. Oh, you're. Oh, I. So, what I, is he uh, right now? What is he? Thirty-one, thirty-two? No, he's like thirty-three. Thirty-three. I think he's going to be into his late thirties at that point, anyway. So uh, he might not be leaving the NBA, but at least his level of play will be down enough that you now have the most dominant player in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I'm just going to guess will be able to develop a shot outside of fifteen <laughs> feet. It hasn't happened. Ricky quite Rubio yet. couldn't do it, but you're going to give it to Giannis, dude. He's a freaking freaky seven feet. I'm pretty sure he could learn how to shoot. A three-pointer. Once he does that, he's the most unstoppable player in the NBA. The only thing they really need to do is to build a veteran core around him. Now, they, they kind of did that with Eric Bledsoe, right? They brought him in, and that's that seems to have improved a lot. But honestly, man, Jason Kidd screwed that team up something weird because they were really good for the first 15 games of the season, and then they just started sucking. And there was one point they weren't even in, in the playoff picture. Mm -hmm. They've, like, scratched their way back. So, yeah, I take Milwaukee. I know the Sixers, you know, yeah, there's that confidence you have there with those two guys when you got uh Simmons and, and Embiid but I mean Giannis is a once-in-a-lifetime talent he's Wilt Chamberlain talent he so, really is well so you're not trusting the process you're I'm the one trusting that keeps the process but <laughs> to, I'm taking to be, Giannis to be over second it. behind a better Giannis Eastern Conference it. team um something's wrong with my computer I'm trying to see what people are saying on the text line can you pull it up there and let's take a look and see what people's comments are on this because that's kind of my curiosity is, is again, everybody keeps telling me that I need to trust the process, and I know they're in the four spot now, but you've just said they're not even going to be the best team for the next five years. Well, they certainly actually, weren't for the last five years. Here's actually an interesting thought, which I enjoyed. You know what's a good trade for the Sixers? This is from the text line 55305. Fultz for Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> just trade two injured players that may well, never come back second, and play. Though. What if you could do that? In terms of if you brought Markel Fultz back, and it wouldn't happen now, but maybe next year. Like, what if you brought Markel Fultz back and he showed you enough kind of initiative at the start of the year that now the Spurs are in a situation, Manu Ginobili, I think, has gone next year. I hope. Well, yeah, but we've thought that doesn't for really three matter. Years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge continues to suck each game. Um, so I, I, I feel like if you kind of tried to swing that, it would make sense. I mean, imagine that. The Sixers with Kawhi Leonard throw in some more draft picks that you don't need anymore. Be ridiculous. 
I mean, it it seems it seems like you add one two veteran pieces to that team that they're going to go into the stratosphere, and that's really the the wild card in all of this. I mean, this is just kind of a fun little exercise, but it it really does if. LeBron James goes to the 76ers, forget about it. If you can add a, an all-star level talent to any one of these teams, I think you're going to see you know, a very different outcome. But just the way the rosters are built right now, it'll be interesting to see. I, I wonder if these are just campaigns to add that extra piece. Did you see that uh, billboard in Cleveland, uh, No Place Like Home, in Akron for LeBron? No. Why are people doing this? The, the whole Why are they thing? wasting money on it? Well, this? Philadelphia started it, and then everybody goes, well, that's a good idea. I should be the third one to do it. That'll be just as cool as the first one. Portland raised like seven grand to do it. What did we do? So, you didn't see the story? No. These guys that uh, have a, I think it's a social media, Twitter or something called yeah. Trillblazers, started a GoFundMe page to raise two grand to put up a billboard in Portland to lure LeBron. Well, they crushed that goal, and then they got up to a larger goal, and they're like, well, maybe we'll put one in Cleveland, too. And then they passed that goal, and now they've got like seven grand to put into billboards wherever they want. bring LeBron to Portland? Yeah. And the, the at least in the article in the Oregonian, the mock-up of the billboard said, hey, LeBron, Dame needs a third option. So where does, uh, where do you think this kind of sewer idiot comes from that decides to do this kind of thing like are are, are, are some of our fans really that stupid it's like a, it, i thought they were really dumb with the whole carmelo <laughs> anthony thing but this the right photoshop here, oh my god yeah, this is real money being spent on this again it's it. a copycat idea the reason cleveland did it is but they, i think there's fans out there trailblazers fans who genuinely think there's a chance we could get lebron james people put seven thousand dollars into a gofundme page because it's not pay? Okay. Not only do they think that we can get LeBron, they think a billboard is what's going to do it. That's the dumb part. Not that like, okay, there, I mean, listen, there's an outside chance if, if he feels, you know, sorry for the city of Portland, he can totally come here. You know what the thing is, though? He's not going to do it unless we get a billboard up. Oh. We now, get that billboard up. the key. Yeah. Listen, how's he going to know? How's he even going to consider Portland as an option if there's not a billboard up? And you know, the thing is, it's good to spend seven grand on a billboard that's meant for one person and doesn't market anything else. I mean, how's you going to know that it's an option? And it's not because we don't have enough money to spend on it, even if we did. That's like spending seven grand on a billboard for you that says, hey, Luke, there's really good whiskey at this store. <laughs> 55305 text line. Dame needs a third option. More like Dame would be the third option. Well, over who? If LeBron came to town. If LeBron did come to town, Dame would have to turn into something else. Of course he would. He'd have to kind of, what would he turn into? He'd turn into a far better version of Mario Chalmers. He'd turn into a guy playing for NBA championships is what he'd turn into. Too bad it's not going to happen. Do you think he'd be all Kyrie about it? I guess he'd play for Western Conference Championships because it's still all the powers. My whole thing is if you're LeBron, why on earth would you come to the Western Conference? Mm, Except for the, the only challenge, I guess. Yeah, but he makes it to the NBA Finals every year. Yeah, but he's a guy who kind of thrives on the challenge. Plus, I think he wants to be on the West Coast. I think there's something about his attitude that now he's kind of come to, I don't know, come to a piece about the idea that he's never going to catch Jordan. I, I, I really generally think that. Yeah. I think he's just enjoying his time playing, and yeah. he knows he's still a top 10 player all time. Well, what I, what I say he does, if he's, got, uh, if he's got it in him, just play for a different team every year for the next... 
however many years he plays. Yeah, if he was a real man, he'd play for the Suns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you want to be bold? See what you got do now. something brave. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I don't even know who the hell the Suns coach is. Did don't I? guess, because we'll get it wrong, and then it'll be another Scott Brooks. Jay Triano. So, it is. It's Jay Triano. You can pull it up right now, I promise you. Good on that one. Uh, all right, so it is the Elite Eight today. It tips off at some point today. I should probably have that in front of me, but my computer stopped working. I rely on technology far Jay, too much. Jay Triano is the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. No, he's not. Oh, wait. Paul Casey is. Oh, he had... Why did he do that? Because you're oh, a former. Dope. Sorry, I, I get too excited when I read Rick, Wikipedia. <laughs> have the problem, isn't it? It's not that you don't know. It's also that you can't read. This is not a good read. combination for I you. I can read, damn it. All right. Anyways, uh, Elite Eight. We're going to get to that next. First, uh, let's go to the news. All right, kids. We are back. Back. You took uh, the week off last week. What would you do? It was your birthday or something? Birthday. Turned 30. Went to Cannon Beach. Woo. 30. How's it feel? The same. Does it? Everybody says it's going to go down here, uh, downhill physically for me now that I'm 30. Well, my brother told me when I turned 30, so I have three older brothers. Uh, it was the same advice he gave my other two brothers, and all, all of them echoed the same thing. said, you're 30 now. You can never trust a fart again. What the hell's wrong with your family? I don't know. They're idiots. Where do you think I get it from? Why can't they trust a fart? I mean, I know you never trust a fart, but why at 30 am I not... Am I really not trusting a just fart? I'm just telling you, I'm passing on the advice that I got. I know. I don't know if trying it's to, advice. Trying to trying to let the the wisdom trickle down. Sounds like a health concern. Yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. You're getting old, Will Darkens. You know at Cannon Beach? No. I actually saw a uh, movie in the hotel room. What movie? How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Did you really? I did. <laughs> that's... That's fantastic. I'm very happy to hear that. That leads into your other poll that you put on Twitter. Do you want to... That was a pretty good transition, wasn't it? I guess. Did you really watch that movie? No. Yeah, I figured you did. We do have a uh, poll on Twitter, though, because we were thinking about Matthew McConaughey today, and we wanted to say, hey, what were the best rom-coms that he's ever done? Forget about Dallas Buyers Club. Forget about A Time to Kill or even his brief awesome role in, uh, what was that, uh, Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. What are his best rom-coms? So uh, we have four options. There's Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Failure to Launch, Wedding Planner, and Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. All of them equally terrible, which we also did find out this morning. That was a phase of his life called the leaning poster phase. Because <laughs> every poster, he was leaning. Who's winning? Uh, at this point, 42% Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which actually is a pretty good movie. Oh, bad. you said they were all terrible. So yeah, that one, but not... it's pretty good. It's not bad. Kate Hudson looks very good in that movie. Yeah. Why did she not get hot after doing Yoga Pants commercials? Stay hot? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why she didn't stay hot. Now, you know, she she uh, cops Yoga Pants now, right? Yeah, she has her own. Some, I don't know. My girlfriend bought some. And? She says they're all right. Good. Good to hear. But uh, they're really forced commercials. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fine. Great. Um, we're going to move on from this. Why? Because I want to talk about the Elite Eight. I was going to ask you a question about your little trip to Cannon Beach. If yeah. you intentionally, uh, it was your birthday, obviously, but yes. you wanted to miss the opening round of the tournament. Of course tournament. I wanted to miss it. Why do you hate the tournament so much? Because after the first round, there's the predictable phrase that everybody says, and then they quit watching, really. Well, I'm not going to say everybody quits watching, but I would say a little over half quit watching. Oh, my bracket's screwed. Boom. 
half the audience gone. No one cares until the final four or title game. And actually, the final four gets bigger ratings than the title game. Yeah, it does because there's two games. Yes. People tune in. Well, and there's just, you're going to get people that are interested in their schools. But right now, we've got a couple, you know, you can say, well, you've got one real Cinderella. If you've got two nine seeds still playing today, so Loyola Chicago and their chaplain, Sister Jean, are the, the darlings of this tournament. And by virtue of every top seed losing in their region, they're actually playing a nine seed in Kansas State today. So if you haven't been paying attention to this, the Loyola Chicago Ramblers won the 1963 tournament. So they were one of the first teams. This was even before Texas Western won the championship against Kentucky that the Glory Road movie was made about. You probably know that story. Well, Loyola Chicago was one of the teams even before that that decided, I mean, we should have some of these black guys play basketball. And they had three starters in their championship Might not be a bad team. idea. Oh, well, turns out uh, that it was pretty successful. They ended up winning a championship. They had three black starters. They had people that protest their games and wouldn't go to them. Sister Jean was their chaplain then. Now she's 98 years old, and she's absolutely adorable. Have you watched any any of this, Will? Yes, I have. Her uh, interviews, and she... at the Her age, bracket is busted, but she's still watching. Let me say this. For a 98-year-old, she is one of the most on-point older people I've ever heard speak in my life. <laughs> At 98, I'm pretty sure if I live that long, I every word that comes out of my mouth will either be a movie quote or something from a dream. You just turned 30 and you don't speak that well. So I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how it's going to go uphill towards 98. I speak great. <laughs> Real great. I speak really great. By the way, Leola, Chicago, their mascot now, it's the Lou Wolf. They're still the Rambler. Yeah, but it's a Lou Wolf. Yeah. Wolf. It's just this wolf. Yeah. That's it. I don't know what makes it a Lou Wolf. I don't Lou know. Lou spelled L-U. I don't know how Ramblers got to Lou Wolves. What either. is a Rambler? I, that's, I don't know. But they're, they, yeah, they're, I, their mascot is, a wolf. is a wolf somehow. But they're... It's a delightful wolf. He's just scary enough in the costume, but inviting enough that if you brought your kids to the game... Oh, look at that one. So, so the chances of the Ramblers... Sister Jean and the Lou Wolf all making it through to the final four. How intriguing is that for you? Is this this does, do the Cinderellas still get you excited? Because because you said that the brackets bust and everybody goes away. The one thing that holds people's attention is the Cinderellas, mm -hmm. and I think this is a great story. But if we look at the games tomorrow, so you had Thursday night where you've got Florida State with a big upset of Gonzaga knocks off the four seed. Michigan rolled, so they look good. They're playing today as well against Florida State. You have uh, Kansas State knock off Kentucky. And then, of course, the Nevada Loyola game. So those were great games. Well, yesterday everything pretty much went chalk. So now you've got one, a 1-3 matchup and a 1-2 matchup. And you've got Blue Bloods all over the place. You've got Villanova, Duke, Kansas, Texas Tech. I'm sorry, Texas. Yeah, Texas Tech wouldn't necessarily be considered a Blue Michigan. Blood. But Michigan's Blue Blood. Yeah, and they're playing today. But, but you're going to have some of these powers going up against, you know. Here's the only thing that will really intrigue me is if we get Duke, Loyola, Chicago. Because that will be the true underdog to the team Wouldn't everybody hates. Yes. It would, everybody would get behind Loyola Chicago because uh, Duke is the equivalent to Notre Dame in football. Everybody wants them to lose unless you're a Notre Dame fan. And, they, and you've been a Notre Dame fan for probably 50 years and you're old, decrepit, and annoying. That and the other thing about 
Duke and Notre Dame is there's people that are fans with virtually no tie to the university. Yes. That's the other thing. Because it's it's more than that in this in this whole thing with fandom. It's like the Cowboys, I think, have this a little bit where it's just like, well, I like to start. I mean, there's some people that like, yeah, I grew up in Texas or my my parents were. But the I'm people like the just cheerleaders. Like, yep. And then you've got Notre Dame is very much that way. It's like, well, you know, just university of football. They're on NBC every week. University of football in America. Go to my grandpa was a fan, but he didn't go to college. Nobody. So I'm a fan. Yeah, exactly. All right. And but Duke is very much that way. So yes, I would Duke agree. is very much that way. So, so what you're saying is you want Duke to keep winning so you can root against them. Yes, of course. How? <laughs> how? Okay. Here's it's your not nightmare. worth it for you. It's not worth it for you for Duke to lose to Kansas. Here's your nightmare scenario: Texas Tech, Loyola, Chicago. Mm. How how much does anybody no, not care about that? That's game? fine. That's what. That, well, because you. St- you have Loyola Chicago right. in it. And then People Texas Tech, who, what? Yeah, well, as long as Texas Tech doesn't win, but you would watch it because you go, dude, they got a chance. I think the worst case scenario is probably Texas Tech, maybe even Kansas like, State. Kansas State. That would be the worst. That would be I was going well, to say teams. Florida State. It's two Big 12 teams. That's kind of sucky. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Kansas State would be worse. That would be the worst case scenario is K State, Texas Tech. Nobody would watch that. Or Kansas State, Kansas. Kansas State, Kansas, I think, would have at least that intrigue. There's a lot of Jayhawks fans, too, because they're one of the Blue Bloods. But Kansas State, Florida State, Texas Tech do not fit that mold. One of those three, any combination of those three teams playing would be absolutely miserable. So is your bracket busted, bro? Of course it's busted. Uh, so busted. I think ESPN said there's no perfect brackets out anymore. Like yep, no, that's nobody. No, but I think it happened like in the first day. Yeah, that I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty bad. And was it, it was hilarious because we had some people around the office here who were like, "Oh yeah, I have Virginia going far." I don't follow college basketball, but I went immediately. I go, "Yeah, I would change that really quick." Swag is the voice of the Portland Pilots. Jason Brofield in last week. He is an associate athletic director for the Pilots. They came in and did the show because they're both college basketball experts. Swag had Arizona. Bro had Virginia. <laughs> That's how it worked last week when you were gone. Yeah, isn't bro? So, I mean, yeah, bro yeah. watches college basketball constantly. Nobody I know in the world watches more college basketball than those two goons, and they were not even close. That's it. That's why the, screwed. It's why the tournament's fun. Hey, we got to get to good versus evil. That is next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the Sinner and the Saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. I was told that he tried to go back out. He wanted to go back out and coach the team uh, and was told by team officials, just take it easy, stay right. back. Uh, and then that led to the conversation of now going forward uh, with some time away from the team and allowing Larry Drew to step in. That was part-time typecast pharmacist and local drug commercials, Adrian Wojnarowski. He's talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers head coach Tyron Alou stepping away from his role to focus on his health. The 40-year-old left last week's win over the Bulls with an illness and did not return to the bench. ESPN has reported that Lou was even coughing up blood at a certain point. Luke, the Cavs have won four straight since his exit. Does this suggest he's as useless as we may think? <laughs> Let's just say yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, 
He's completely useless. There's no point. To it's just such a perfectly framed question. And I mean, really, any coach of LeBron James. I mean, I just it's what is no point? Hey, just do you, boo. Get out of there. You go, go be LeBron James. The only effective coach I could ever think of was um, Spolstra. Because Spolster actually taught him how to use a post-up game in interior. Well, he like, Polster, actually taught LeBron. And Spolster, I believe, is the only coach that he's ever had that still has a job. That's true. Other than Tyron Liu, who is now, again, absent. Is Mike Brown working? I don't think so. He's, he's getting paid by, like, three teams, though. Is he really? I think That's so. life. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I'll feel good. Uh, this is the, the sort of uh, the attempt to put the genie back in the bottle in terms of instant replay, and I think it's going to be a big challenge for the NFL to draw these lines of where you stop using your technology. Where, 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 do you, where do you stop using what's available to you in terms of reviewing it down to the millimeter? Which That's a man with the greatest car salesman name of all time, Dan Graziano. He's talking about the never-ending saga of the NFL's $1 million question, what is a catch? This week, the league's senior vice president of officiating, Al Riv- Rivera, right? Rivera. Rivera, whatever, tweeted out a proposal to clarify what is, in fact, a catch. Uh, it's basically separated into three portions. Uh, control, two feet down, or another body part, or a football move such as a third step, reaching slash extending for the line to gain or the ability to perform such an act. Uh, is the league stupid? A little bit. Yes. A little, little bit. But uh, the Graziano's kind of idea of the, you know, figuring out where the line is with technology. Because the problem that the football got into is they kept getting shiny new toys, so they kept using them. They're like, look, we can do freeze frame, single frame. We can, you know, shoot in high speed and have extra slow-mo or whatever. Look up this guy's butt. <laughs> what? Excuse me? Sorry, What? But you, you end up getting it where you have such detailed accounts of it. You know, you have to kind of figure out what speed you can actually calculate it at. Because there's there's just so many minuscule movements. And they had a real opportunity to ru- kind of ruin a great Super Bowl by calling back a couple touchdowns. And I'm glad that they didn't. And I think you just need to move it to, hey, maybe we only watch replay at a certain speed. I don't know what the, the solution is. But you do need to kind of curb your use of single frame analysis. I think the whole catch thing is just ridiculous. I, I, it's just got to be an eye thing. Don't make it, it. It really is kind of a symptom of the data-driven society. That's what I mean, It's now. exactly what yeah. it is. And, and so Everything it, has to be analyzed. Every that, little move. And every stadium's got an HD scoreboard that's big as half the field and everybody can see everything that happens and, and you know, the problem is it comes down to the same thing it's always come down to. If you're a fan of one team, you're going to root for it to be a catch. If you're a fan of the other team, you're rooting it for it not to be a catch. You're going into old man mode now. What's that? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Every team's got a big old well, HD well, screen. No, but you have everyone in, in the stadium that can see so much better yeah. than the referees can see it while it happens. Yes. Makes it difficult. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I'm not mad that they have it. It's cool. Those guys are idiots. Refs. I agree. It's a tough problem, though. Well, it's pretty racist, but I guess anyone has, you know, their own opinion, right? I I I didn't think it was as racist. But you heard him. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. I, I see what you're doing there. Very clever. <laughs> that was the Japanese Babe Ruth Shoni Otani. Shohei. Otani. Shohei. Whatever.
And uh, to say he's having a rough spring would be an understatement. He's batting just a 107 and 28 bats and struck out nine times. If you go on Yankees message boards, there's a lot of trashy fans talking about how smart the Yanks were to pass on him. Yeah. The biggest catch of the season seems to be a dead fish. Do you think the Angels should send him down to the minors? They were talking about it, but apparently they said he's going to be in the, the opening day roster. And he'll, yeah, he'll... that's just to sell some tickets, though. But, yep, yeah, that's kind of what it is. And Tim Tebow will be starting for the Mets. Uh, but do you think eventually they'll send him down to the minors? Uh, listen, you're, you're not spending a whole ton of money. That's the whole funny thing about it is this guy kind of bet on himself, and he... If he waited another year, he could have had a $200 million contract, but he decided to come over a year early, and I think he's only getting paid something around $10 million in the contract that he signed. So the Angels are actually a team that, that can do whatever they want with him, and it's not going to kill them. It's just the sweepstakes that was around it. The Yankees didn't pass on him. He passed on the Yankees. He wanted to be on a West Coast team. It came down to the handful of teams. You've seen the same things with the Dodgers when they played in spring training. They're like, all right, well, that was overhyped because they crushed him. And uh, he can't hit, and he doesn't seem like he can pitch. And I'd like to see him be a Major League Baseball player, but it doesn't look like he's going to be the Babe Ruth of America. Does being the Japanese Babe Ruth mean that everything about Babe Ruth is connected to that? No, it's just he, he can pitch and he can hit. It's a, it's, Does that mean he's a drinking, womanizing a-hole. It's kind of like when I say that I'm the greatest JV player. I say it with a sense of irony. I think they missed out on it going, he's the best player on the league that's not as good as the league that he wants to play in. It's pretty fitting. I don't get that. Being the best high school basketball player doesn't make you the best college basketball player. Being the best college basketball player doesn't make you the best NBA player. It's a different league. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, I played with Kevin Love, so I don't really. <laughs> All right, time for my favorite story of the week. This the one Babe comes Ruth of Rec League. From the general United States. That's anywhere. Okay. Uh, NPR reports that during college basketball tournament season, urologists are reporting that there is a spike in vasectomy appointments across the country. To be fair, the spike is just over the entire month of March, but many professionals correlate the tournament to the spike because people will just make an excuse to get out of work. Yeah, we're advertising that on the station. The Oregon Clinic, I think, is is promoting vasectomies in March. But why the hell would you go do a vasectomy during March when you could just make any other excuse? I'm sick. Uh, X family member died. Uh, oh, I, I don't know. Six months out, why don't you just say I'm taking that week off? Yeah. I, why why go get snipped? That's That seems like great lengths to just watch some college basketball. I, I think it turned into one of these cult things where people started using it as a joke. And then they're like, well, I'm going to do it anyways. I promised my wife I would. If I have to do it, why not schedule it for March is my guess. And then the thing about doing it is you can always tell people, you know what? I did my vasectomy so I could watch college basketball. High five, bro. I feel like that's probably what it is. I had a friggin' awesome vasectomy. Yeah, I did my, you know what I did? I did my vasectomy uh, before the tournament game. Smart guy, over here. Doctor was rifling around down there. Yeah. I just had a beer watching the game on TV. Yep. They said, sir, don't spill, don't spill your beer in the open wound. Yeah. I not, don't care. Not a new idea. I think NPR does that story every year. Do they really? Yeah. It's not a new thing. I, I honestly, I think, and I don't know if Keith Hill listens to this show. I think part of his hunt for his the host audition was him telling guys to do that. 
What is a commercial? Mm -hmm. Part of one of his two-minute, you know, rants that we were supposed to do to see if we were good enough to be on this radio station. It's just hey, and he won. Get a vasectomy. And I remember thinking that, going, "That's old. I've heard that before." But got a great response. All right, this has been Good versus Evil, brought to you by 808, the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. Two locations, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. When we come back, we've got Major League Baseball. Steph Curry hurt again. And Michael Bennett? What is going on with that dude? Michael Bennett beating up old women? All that in hour two. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.